It's hot outside, and now you can ride the heat wave of summer with hot sales at Waltons.com. Right now, they're holding their biggest summer sale ever, and it features your favorite Waltons branded grinders, mixers, and vacuum sealers. All non-suffer equipment is running between 20 and 35% off, and the Waltons branded chamberless vacuum bags are up to 40% off. If you want to keep your food fresh with their chambered vac sealer right now, It's $275 off. Yeah, you heard that right. So get a jump on processing season now and save big time with Walton's Summer Sale. It's hot. To order, head over to waltons.com today. This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Walton's, Aluma Trailers, North Dakota Tourism, Federal Ammunition, Onyx Hunt, and by Nutrisource Pet Foods. Today, we're bringing Hank's Hunt back, and you're invited. Scott Franzen joins the show to make the official announcement and explain how you can hunt with us this fall in the pheasant-rich fields of South Dakota. That might be my best my best headlines of all time. Best of all time? Best of all time. Wow. <laughs> That's saying something. Wow, yeah. I didn't have to do a second take no it was good i thought i thought i had a lot of um the right amount of oomph oomph to it i really (laughs) sold it you did start your engines are we ready Welcome to another episode of the Flush Podcast. I'm Travis Frank. I'm your host, Brandon Morton. As always, is our producer, Brandon. I saw a little clip on Instagram of you firing a shotgun. What the heck were you doing? I was firing a shotgun. <laughs> Did you hit anything? I uh, hit like like three, maybe four out of 15, maybe. I uh, Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm terrible. Well, <laughs> <laughs> who taught you? Nobody. Yeah, that was my second. <laughs> That's that was, the problem. That was my second time. I did get some. I I did get some hints and stuff. So the first time I ever shot, there was targets and stuff like that. There was also, you know, we did shoot um, uh, clay pigeons as well. But mm-hmm. uh, the targets, I was fine at. Did pretty good. Did good with the shotgun. Uh, did good with the rifle. Did Tony um, was Tony your mentor? Yeah, Tony yeah, Jones. Yep, Tony Jones, the Reverend Hunter. Yep. Um, and um, you know, this time we just did uh, clay pigeons and. This is my second time shooting, and it's been like two years since mm-hmm. I shot last, since I haven't shot while hunting with you guys. So, <laughs> so, oh. so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was difficult. I mean, it's, it's really difficult, especially, especially with the shotgun. I guess part of one of my problems I was told was I was just focusing way too much, looking down the barrel, you know, one eye, just kind of focused and just really just aiming it kind of like using rifle. the wrong eye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably. (laughs) Uh, And so I I learned to loosen up a little bit. And one of the ones that Tony did get that he posted online, I did hit one. So he he did get one where I did hit one, but they just taught me kind of loosen it up, follow through all those little things. So I'm catching on little by little. I'm not going to guarantee I'm going to hit any more the next time I go shooting, but I'm catching on a little bit. So well, repetition nice. is king out yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Franzen. Hello. Scott, welcome back to the show. Thank we you. We have an exciting one today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this invitation that we're going to send out to everybody. But first, 
You got to strut a little bit over there because there's a giant trophy. Where is sitting. the trophy? It's I don't, not it's in here. How come you didn't carry that with everywhere you That's go? Too like, heavy. The, like the Stanley Cup. Like <laughs> you just carry it everywhere. It's like Simba. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what did you win this past Well, weekend? I didn't win anything. Millie won a little well, trophy. Well, it's a team. Teamwork yeah. makes oh, yeah, a dream well, work. You could say that. It is a team. Millie uh, competed out at uh, Game Fair, mm-hmm. which is, for those of you who don't know, is this kind of really cool outdoor trade show that they hold in uh suburban northern Minneapolis and it's hunting primarily a little bit of fishing stuff but duck Armstrong upland, Ranch Armstrong ranches and, 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 and yes. you can bring your gun you can bring your dog you can shoot clays and they have a bunch of fun trials for dogs um and it doesn't matter if it's a hunting dog or not we see all kinds there there's a lot of shepherds doing oh, yeah. this they have dock jumping they have a timed water retrieve. They have blind retrieves, obstacle courses, et cetera. So Millie participated in all of them and had a blast. Her dock jump is not that great, by really? the way. Really? What no, did she get? She yeah. only got like 10, 15 feet. Really? I think it was 15 feet. It was the water so low there that and she didn't quite launch the way she normally has, but she's not a long one, especially compared to some others. But I digress. So the, the one competition that Millie was excelling at is called the scurry retrieve and the scurry retrieve is a timed event and it's two different retrieves so you're in a blind and there's a dummy thrower probably 30 40 yards say off to your left in a blind and they when you're ready they quack on your duck call they hold the dummy up so the dog can see it and they chuck it out into the weeds and you send your dog to get it and come back and that's time and then they do the same thing on a sort kind of a right-handed retrieve, and they take that time and they add them together. So we went last Friday, and Millie did the event, and the dog um, that was in first place was like two tenths of a second in front of her. So I was with my wife and my daughter, and like Millie's got to go again. She's got to go again. So I'm like, okay, we'll do Millie again. So then Millie went again, and she was one tenth of a second off. And they're like, get another ticket because they're they're a dollar. <laughs> Dad, get another ticket. We got to do this again. So I, I, one thing I noticed and, and I asked is I said, well, does she have to stay steady while the dummy's in the air? Can she, can I send her while the dummy's in the air? And they go, oh yeah, you can send her. And I'm like, okay, well, there's, well, that's, there's yeah. two seconds there. Yeah. So dummy gets launched and I send Millie. We come back on the third retrieve and she's now two seconds below the other dog. So she wins the day. So all the winners of the day come back the last day of game fair for the finale. And I went out there Sunday afternoon with my other daughter and we were late, of course, and hustling in there, stressed out. And (laughs) we get there and uh, they did this other event next to it first. And then the order they choose is by the day that your dog won. So if your dog won the first day, you went first, second, et cetera. So Millie was fourth and she just, you know, was, she's quick as a Dickens and she won it again. I think she got a little better time is 17 seconds and something. And, and she won the event. So we're champions at the Grand champions. Did anybody else complain, like put an asterisk by your victory because you didn't hold her till the, no, the dummy landed? No, but I'm sure they've been sticking pins in Scott Franson dolls all <laughs> <laughs> since then. No, no. And, and I think, um, another guy did it too. Um, but I, I felt bad for one guy who, you know, had his dog hold the dummy goes down he waits a second or two and he sends him out and the and the dog kind of lost the mark. And so he he found it eventually, but he had to hunt for it. Yeah. So it was like 20, 30 seconds. And 
And one of the males, too, is great. He goes out. He comes wailing back. Then he stops and goes to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of was out of the competition, too. Uh, the, the, probably the funniest thing is, is my, my oldest daughter, Grace, was there. And she was videoing it on her phone um, to send to the rest of the family. Because the rest of the family was very in tune to this. Wanted so to know. Yeah, they yeah. wanted to know. And under, <laughs> you can hear Grace going real quietly on the video. Go, Millie. Go, Millie. Come, <laughs> come on, Millie. Come on. Yes. And then it's yes. the best. <laughs> you showed me the video. Oh, it was so yes. funny. It was so funny. Game Fair is so much fun because oh, it is. I was out there the opening day, and even though it rained that first day and they had to move it back because it usually starts at 10 a.m. and they pushed it back to noon that day. And there was a line waiting to get in at noon. And I got there at like 11.30, 11.45, something like that. There was a line about a quarter mile down the road of people waiting to get right. in. And I would say one out of five has their dog. I would agree. You know, and it, it's yeah. like, it, here's a way to describe it maybe for those who haven't gone. It's like Pheasant Fest except outdoor. Yes. And, yes. and they or have like dog a count, Or like a county fair. Yes. You know, yeah. because it's all the, but you have all the outdoor vendors. Like I was hanging out at the Nutrisource Pet Foods booth and they had all the free samples of their of their foods to give away. They were even giving away some of the giant bags. Oh my gosh! Yes. Did you get some for me? <laughs> well, no, no, it's, it's for that little white rocket next to you there. Um, no, but I didn't bring any home. But they gave away a lot, lot of dog food. I'm pretty sure all the bags there were given away by the end of it. But anyway, there's you know. There's, like you said, trick shooters. There's all the dog courses. I've there's read, lodges. There's. Yeah. Uh, so much hunting equipment, you know, yes. whether upland, waterfall, waterfall predator hunters, you yeah. know, everything is yeah, out there. Yeah, deer, big game. Yeah. I mean, there it's it's so cool. It's a, it's a sporting goods store outdoors. Trainers, and, dog trainers, yep. all over. Yeah, yep. my kids loved it when they went because they got to shoot BB guns and bow and arrows, and they have they have courses for kids too. I I, I wish we did. Talked about this before it happened, so people right. that didn't know about it would they go. They have wrist but rockets, too, for comes, the kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Every year. they had, I believe it was 40 years they celebrated this year. Oh, my gosh. I think. And so the the whole game fair came from a European event that Chuck and Lorelai Delaney saw however long ago, and they said, we want to bring that to America. And that's how it started. And now it's, it's huge. It I, is People huge. come from all over the Midwest. I mean... They were dog trainers from North Carolina that I talked to. You know, I mean, <clears throat> people come from a long ways away to go to it, and it's worth it. It's yeah. It's in our great, very own Ron Shera host has kind of the master ceremony. Yes, which is with his perfect. daughter Laura. With his daughter Laura. Yep. But Ron is like the mayor of Game Fairs, which mm. is perfect. It is great. It's great. He loves it. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two two weekends in a row. In a row. Yeah. yeah. And it just concluded. So thank you to everyone that came out. I met a lot of our listeners that came up and they had great stories to share too. As did I always I. love yeah. that. Yeah. And it's so much fun to talk about it because everyone's got that same itch going right now. We're all gearing up, getting ready. So what besides winning giant trophies, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with Millie right now to get her ready for the season? It's just knocking down the door. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm um well, I was out west a couple of weeks ago and and did Longer runs out there. Actually went looking for some sharp tails in, in um, a friend's uh, kind of picked off alpha field. We didn't find any, but it was just good running for Millie. Um, 
And then I, I do a lot of uh, just rudimentary, that's not even rudimentary, but just reinforcing things. She's Fundamentals. Yeah, you know, retrieving, um, sit-staying, um, and then on walks, just kind of quartering, that type of thing. Just re- She's really intuitive to those things now, and, and it's 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night um, is what I'm doing with her. Uh, and then, you know, that at Game Fair, it, it, what was really neat is – the things that I had been working with her on since probably 12 weeks, nine weeks even, were locked in. She, she, she was pretty dialed on, on these things. Not perfect, but pretty dialed. And, and where, you know, a couple of times I had to stop her. She'd stop and, and use a hand signal for a retrieve. She got to do two retrieves once because one dog decided he didn't want to go get one. So she got to do extra bonus mm. ones. So things like that. And, and um, Jean even said, my wife, when Kim says, it's really neat to see that the time you've invested in her, it's working. She's really responsive. And Millie, more than any of the other dogs I think I've had, or at least I notice it more with Millie, when we're working, she keens into my, to, uh, looks at me into in the face. You. Yeah, she tunes into my eyes and she's looking at me, looking at me. And there's one retrieve where it's about a, at Game Fair, it's about a 70 yard retrieve and they have an obstacle course of, uh, Goose decoys, you maybe saw that. Yeah, I and, ran I ran Daisy in it last year, not this yeah. year. But, and and yeah. and it's timed. Yep. And and um the thrower is at the end of that, they same thing. They quack on a duck call and they mm-hmm. hold the dummy up. Well, every time he was doing that, Millie's looking at me in my eyes, like, Are you ready? Can I go, Dad? Can yeah. I go? And I kept going, No, Millie, look there. And she'd look and then she'd look at me. And <laughs> <laughs> so but that I, I think that's kind of fun how she's just dialed into me and and what we're trying to do. Well, obviously, that's going to pay off big this hunting season, too. Do you do anything um, exercise-wise with her besides swimming? No, just swimming and walks, swimming Swimming and walks. And then as it gets cooler, we walk more, you know, have her do longer runs type of thing. Um, But that's about it. So I'll I'll take her to some WPAs or WMAs, wildlife management areas here. Um, it was again into September and it's cooling in the morning for some longer runs and see if she can bump anything up, but just, you know, get out and run that sort of thing. But she's in pretty good shape. We walk regularly yep, on very her run. Yeah. Yeah. Daisy and I are heading out tonight. She's getting uh, <clears throat> crash course again. We've been doing the same thing where a lot of fundamentals again, just always going back to those basics because I know the nose is there. Right. You know, I'm not concerned about that. I just, I want her to be, you know, there's that break in the summer where you, some people are just so hardcore. I'm busy. I'm fishing. I've got kids. And so we just let her be a dog for yeah. the summer. But also getting her a lot of exercise, swimming too. And now it's more, you know, we're going to go out to Georgia's tonight, take her. And uh, we got some pigeons. We'll do a little work with her again on that. Just reaffirming steadiness and this is a big season for her it's her third season this will be her third season yep so she's two years old and this will be her third season and the expectations go a lot higher when Mm -hmm. she's an adult now and um so i'm i'm looking forward to that but also george lost one of his dogs to an acl injury oh i didn't know that which one Boone is down and he's heading out to montana and i said well Every time I have an opportunity to get Daisy on wild birds, I want to do that. And I said, you take her with if you have room and you're okay with it. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. 
So he's so going to take. He's her? going to take Daisy out oh, there wow. because I'm not going to be available to go out there, and then I'm going to be up on our first flush shoot of the season coming up, which is crazy to me to think about. But um, I'm a little nervous about this one. I'm heading up to Alaska, ptarmigan hunting. Uh, first week in September. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be so cool. Um, but <laughs> so our mutual buddy here, Tyler Webster, he's up there right now. I've seen that. And in his eyes, it looks like he's gone to hell <laughs> and back. <laughs> like he is, he has been telling everyone, this is the most brutal thing I've ever done. <laughs> I've won and done. I'm never doing it. I, worst hunt ever, hardest hunt ever, whatever he's calling it. And if you haven't listened to his podcast or followed him, um, you, you'd be entertained to do so. The Bird Boots and Buds podcast. Because he's up there on this 10,000-mile journey. And his hunt in Alaska was very successful, but also very challenging. Well, and, and I saw some of the captions. I just saw more of the videos and the pictures. What was the really hard part? Just how much they had to walk or the terrain? The gruelingness of, of getting where they needed to okay. go. Okay. Okay. And so Pete, who is joining me, <laughs> you know, I, I hunted 14,000 feet high in where the air is so thin and the terrain is steep and rugged and we made it, you yeah. know? And so I thought, well, your, your elevation in Alaska is only two, three, 4,000 foot heights. Um, so the oxygen isn't an issue, but apparently where he went, some of the, the, the shrubs, the, the, just all the stuff they had to get through, the mud, water. Um, you know, to get just, to the birds. To get to where they needed to go. Um, so I'm cautiously excited about that. I think, uh, I, think, I think the question, Travis, is not what you're doing to keep Daisy in shape. What are you doing to be in shape I, I know. Show? So they've been... It's in the back of my mind. And then Evan and Eric have both texted me, don't be afraid because Tyler's experience was so tough. Are you still coming? I'm like, yes, we're still coming. But I'm, I am now in the back of my mind thinking about it a little bit more that am I ready for this? You know, I've been chucker hunting multiple times. You know, the ptarmigan hunt in, in Colorado. I've hunted in mountains many times. And I've, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready for this. And You better get on the treadmill tonight, buddy. <laughs> but am I really ready for this? Uh, so anyway, I'll be up there and, and I'm not, and I'm, it is breaking my heart a little bit to not fly Daisy up to bring her with, but I'm a little bit happy knowing that she's in George's company and she'll be out in Montana. Jason birds out there. Fun. So yeah, that just, you know, a lot of times people ask, you know, what's the best thing you can do? And, and I've been told many times, wild birds make a dog, wild birds make a dog, you know, so working on fundamentals and then just wild bird contacts. And when you get out into those places for sharp-tailed grouse, and they're not running like a pheasant. I mean, for a pointing dog, I'm thinking she might she might have a couple hundred contacts while he's out there, which and is huge. That's huge. Yeah, you know, to just keep keep getting her going. She's got. We've got a big season coming up, and we're excited about it. Hunting season is just around the corner, and that means it's time to start planning. If you're looking for a great bird hunting destination this fall, then I strongly recommend that you consider one of my favorite places to hunt. That's North Dakota. North Dakota is a bird hunter's paradise. You can hunt both waterfowl and upland birds all in the same day. And North Dakota has approximately 700,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting. This year, North Dakota has a population estimate of 3.4 million breeding ducks, which is 38% above the long-term average, and their prey pothole region is smack dab in the middle of the central flyway. 
Their spring water index also came way up, over 600% from last year's drought. Habitat on the landscape looks great, and I'm hearing reports of a strong hatch from their upland birds. With a little scouting, you just might find yourself in a field surrounded by wild flushing pheasants, sharp-tailed grouse, and Hungarian partridge. Start planning your fall hunt in North Dakota at legendarynd.com. If you're an outdoor lover on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you want to haul. Aluma Trailers, well, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa. They have models for nearly any and every hauling need, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say that Aluma Trailers tow like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. The Onyx Hunt app is one of the most valuable hunting tools that I take into the field every day. I use it on every hunt. Seriously, every hunt. Their app tells me everything I need to know about the lands that I want to hunt and the lands that we can all legally hunt on. The app also shows your location on planet Earth and clearly lays out the land boundaries. It tells you information about the type of property you're on, like state land or federal lands or walk-in access properties. It's ideal for scouting before the hunt and during a hunt to help put together patterns. The app also has helpful features that show you the kind of crops that are in fields, which obviously is a big deal for us upland bird hunters. And there's a timber cut layer to help you find the right forest habitat for rough grouse. If you hunt in North Dakota, there's even a layer that lets you know if a property has been posted electronically. These are just a few of the many tools Onyx apps give you, and these maps can even be used in areas without cell coverage. From the palm of your hand, Onyx maps always help you to know where you stand. I think we can get into the the big announcement that we want to make today, and Scott, we are bringing Hank's Hunt back for another season. We're going to do it another season. And Everybody listening right now is invited to be a part of it. At least eight of you are. <laughs> At least eight. Last year, it filled up in less than 24 hours when we made the announcement, yes. I want to say. So if you're listening to this right now and you're interested, I would recommend that you act quickly because I do think that this will fill up again. Take us back to what is the hang hunt for anybody listening right now that doesn't know about it, didn't hear about it last year, and why it came about. Well, why it came about, I do think most people know, but we, uh, I lost Hank, we lost Hank, last uh, July. It was right around the 4th of July. <clears throat> and um, just to uh, recap, I, I, and many people have seen it, I've buried a couple dogs on television. It's, it's awful, A, and B. And B, I just did not want to do that again. So I wanted to, you know, celebrations of life are so important now. And, and that's uh, more than funerals. You're seeing that type of thing for humans. And I thought, why not do the same thing for Hank? Hank was a young dog, full of life, loved upland hunt, loved everything, really. Everything, every day was just a great day to Hank. He's kind of like Daisy. He always mm -hmm. tails weighing yeah. something going on. So we talked about this. You and I talked about it after a podcast. What about doing a Hank hunt? There's a little alliteration there, you know, and, and um, to bring hunters together, whether they have a dog or not, but to celebrate dog, uh, the pursuit of chasing upland birds with dogs, wild birds. The community. And the community and the camaraderie. 
And so we hatched this idea last year. We partnered with uh, Brown's Lodge and Hunting Ranch, and they did a fantastic job for us. And we went out in early December um, near Gettysburg, South Dakota, to chase wild pheasants. And we found bunches of them. And, oh, and guys bunches of them. Thousands of birds. Oh, my there. gosh. I, I don't know truly that I've seen that many birds um, congregated like that. And it was all slew hunting. It was not necessarily easy but everyone on the trip was up for it. And we had a potpourri of different dog types. We had, I think, a couple of labs, including Millie. We had some pointers. We had some wire hairs or griffons. Uh, we had all sorts of different breeds. And to get people there, we made an announcement that said, this is invite an invite to you, the listener, the follower of our TV show and podcast. Correct. If you want to join us, we are going to film this celebration for our television show and you made the announcement on this podcast and then i think we did one social media yes, post. and think. it was it was well received that people wanted to be a part of it <clears throat> filled up right away and more interested that didn't weren't able to get in so we thought i think we can do it again yeah yeah and 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 we're gonna it's a little bit different twist this year yeah we're gonna go to a new lodge and this one has um uh, a real soft place in my heart because it's where we filmed Hank's first hunt and it, with Kevin Smalley at Hillsview Hunts. Uh, it's just northwest of Aberdeen. Again, great facility, wild birds, um, opportunities for beyond pheasants. Like last year, uh, we saw some sharp tails and two of our hunters got their first sharp tails, which cool. was fantastic. And there might be opportunities for sharp tail too at, um, at Hillsview and Kevin. And, um, and so that's when I thought about, uh, a place to do it this year. I thought that would be a, a nice tie back to hunt or Hank. I mean, and, um, it's going to be a little smaller group this year. Instead of 10 hunters, we're going to uh, cap it at eight. We have a special guest, two guests, special guests coming this year. The, the big one, is Mr. Shara is going to be joining Ron me. Shara will be in camp. Yeah, him. so yes. Ron and I are going to ho host the hunters. And then um, my sister, who uh, does wonderful things with food and is an executive chef in Colorado, is going to come up and, and do the food prep for us. Oh, gosh. And I've experienced her cooking before, and it is there's not enough stars to give it. <laughs> like when you go to those five-star lodges, it is way above that. I mean, she for anybody, amazing. she's amazing. How did you get her to come back for this? I said, pretty please a lot. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I talked to her early about her calendar and she said, no, I think I can work. And the thing about my sister, her name is Lauren. This is what she lives for. And she is just loves creating these meals and then um, talking with people you know, when she's cooking and getting to know the crew and mm -hmm. everything and what, how they like their coffee or their eggs in the morning and things like that. So I think it's going to be really fun. It's a special thing to do. And then on top of, or it's a special thing just to have her. It's special to have Ron there. Yes. And it's special for you to be there, Scott. Yeah. And then everybody that comes can bring their dog. They can bring their dog. Yep. Encouraged. And encouraged to bring their dog. Yep. You don't have to have a dog. Last year, one of our hunters... Um, didn't own a dog yet. He will uh, probably get one. He said either this year or next. 
But he said, I, I love meeting new hunters and hunting with different breeds of dogs as I'm searching out what I want to get. And so it's not mandatory you have a dog. I want to make that clear. But if you have a dog, they're welcome yeah. and uh, to, to chase these wild birds. You can go back and watch that episode of The Flush. It just aired On Outdoor two, weeks two weeks ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, Two weeks ago that one aired. And if you have a DVR, go back and watch it. Um, unfortunately, if you miss it, you got to wait for it to come back around again. <laughs> yeah. It's not available to stream yet. And unfortunately, by the time it's available to stream, you've already missed you will have missed Mr. this hunt. hunt. Yeah. So um, get into the details of what is, um, so we know it's at Hillsview yes. Lodge. And, and the dates are, let me give you those first. It's November, um, I think it's the, let me, I got to pull it up. Yeah, November 11th, we arrive. That's Friday the 11th. We hunt Saturday and Sunday, 12th and 13th, depart after breakfast on Monday morning. And I think arrival time usually at the lodge is anytime after four on Friday. Um, so we'll have two full days of hunting, um, and three nights, uh, of, of lodge and camaraderie, mm -hmm. um, four or eight hunters, Ron and myself, another new twist this year is, um, we're partnering with pheasants forever and we're going as part of the, cost or you know what the hunters will pay will be included or embedded a dog life membership for, so cool for either the dog they're bringing uh, on the hunt or maybe it's a dog uh, that they are celebrating you know um, previous hunts you know that's no longer with us and there'll be additional details as to what the dog life membership um, will bring for those hunters attending i don't know i don't so I have a big idea what the dog like mem membership is. Well, let's get into the big well, idea. Well, the, the big idea is, is it's, it's, it's a small step this year, and then we'll see if we can take larger steps in uh, the following years going forward if we continue to do this. But my vision with this dog life membership is if we can raise enough funds through um, the dog like membership, at some point, we may tie in some partners, work with some things that the company can do that we can actually put some habitat in the ground um, in working with Pheasants Forever that flush um, listeners, viewers can go walk with their dogs and, um, and know that this ground was put there because of people's passion for their dogs. Because, and we've talked about this, you're there's just not a lot of upland hunters that are pursuing that passion without a dog and that that bond is unique and i think that's why this hunt resonated with the people that responded so quickly last year and all the people that responded um to our social media channels and my social media channels when i lost hank and it's the same thing when i see someone that I'm friends with, or not even friends with, don't know, but I see they lose a dog. I feel obligated to reach out yeah. and tell them how sorry I am that they've lost their buddy. And um, to, to if we can continue to do this and build this and you know make it maybe a rotating hunt at places, um, that's down the road. I hope that's something we can do with all of our, 
our peeps, you know. Yeah. Well, I I think that it would excite it excites me thinking about the opportunity. I hope that it excites anybody listening right now thinking that we're doing this not we nothing comes back to you or us no. as far as so the no. the what is the total cost to be a part of this and then knowing that it goes to paying for your lodging there at at this place and the rest of it goes to pheasants forever. Yes, it the total cost is $1,875 for three nights lodging, two days of hunting, all your food. Uh, there'll be some additional tchotchkes in there too, um, some shells for you to use on the hunt, and then your dog life membership with PF. On top of that. On top of all that. Included all in that. included in that price point, yes. I, I think it's a pretty neat price point. I would... I, I do think so too. I, I know a lot of people, if they travel to hunt somewhere, that's, um, you know, that's expected. A lot of that cost would be expected in lodging and, and food and everything like that. I can't stress the type of, uh, accommodations you're going to be getting, having your sister there yes. <laughs> cooking. It is, it is 10 stars out of five. It's so good. Well, and, and spending time with Ron is priceless too. It is. So we just spent a week together on an island in Canada. And the fun part about going on a trip with Ron is all of the years of stories mm-hmm. that he has. And there's never a lack of laughter when we're together. And I think people that have the opportunity to spend some time, you and I have been blessed to spend time with him. But it's hilarious. You know, at dinner time, we stand up and, you know, there might be a, like up there when we were fishing, there's a side bet on who caught the biggest walleye for the day. Everyone throws in five bucks. Well, all of a sudden there's a story about how it comes to be and, you know, and why this, Ron should have won, why, but maybe didn't win. Yes, and, <laughs> and it's just, everybody at Travis the table is my line. La- yes, everyone's <laughs> laughing and you just are creating these memories. And Ron is such a storyteller. And he's the he's, best. Yeah. And he, he's hilarious. He's so much fun to hang out with. Anybody who's ever done it, they'll tell you what a riot yes. it is. Yeah. You know? And so on top of that, we're also filming this hunt. Well, we're going to film this hunt too. Yes. For another TV show. For another TV show. So, so you'll this- be on TV on top of that too. Yes. Those attending. Those and, that come. And those that, um, you know, for... Ron's part in this, which is priceless. Trust me, I'll be bringing some fives and tens for those of you spending time with me to pay you back. <laughs> right, right. I kind of want to sign up for this. Well, I think I think uh, if we do this next year, maybe you host it. I think it'd be fun now that you're a dog owner. Maybe. Yeah. Let's not get too far. Yeah, let, yeah, let's just talk about this year. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Maybe Brandon wants yeah. it. Maybe this ups your chances, Brandon, of getting a bird. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> But we will be filming this, and this will be yeah. uh, airing in the 2023 season of The Flush. Yep. Um, on this, where do people go to sign up? So They're probably like, I got to um, sign up right now. Tell me where I can go before we, it gets full. You can go to um, Kevin Smalley's website, Hills View Hunts, which is hillsviewhunts.com. His phone number is on the site, but it, I'll tell it to everyone right now. It's uh, area code 605. 216-0782-605-216-0782. And Kevin Smalley is the owner and proprietor of Hillsview Hunts. Very, very much a dog guy. If go yeah. back if you go back and watch uh Hank's first hunt or Bird Dog's first hunts, you will get to know Kevin and 
this um, passion that he has for his hunting dogs as well. And you also get to see your daughters heckle you, which is great. And you also get to see my daughters heckle you, which is everybody's favorite part of that show. Yes. When you go to a show, how many times do people tell you they love that episode? Everyone who was on the Hanks or the Hanks Hunt last year said, <laughs> my favorite part is when your daughters give you crap on that show. Yes. Like, well, you should try having dinner with them. <laughs> <laughs> when they go to the website, I don't know that there's a separate page for the Hank Hunt. So There is call, not. So you need to call and, and just say you're, you're calling for the I Hank Hunt. I want to sign up for the Hank, Hank Hunt. Hunt. Right. And it's first come, first serve. First come, first serve. Correct. Okay. Yep. Are there any limitations as far as if somebody says, I want to bring three of my brothers and my dad, and now there's five people in one group? Ah, that's a very good question, Travis. I think we should probably limit it to groups of two or less. Really? Yeah. Two or less. Okay, that way you get a, you get a, a little you bit. You get a bit, yeah, okay. people from um, a lot of different areas. And that, last that year, was, you, yeah, you, I was going to say, last year that's what I thought was really, really fun about the hunt is we had nine hunters from five different states. We had people from Colorado, Illinois, Missouri, Indiana, and Minnesota, which was just a blast. All different walks of life that when we came in to uh, have lunch during the day, we shared each other's stories and relived them and loved it. And then at night at dinner or happy hour or something, everybody just kind of came together, which so many times we've seen these on these trips. Oh, yes. That, that common love and the bond of the dogs and the upland hand just brings people together. It doesn't matter where you're from or what you do. You're sharing that that experience, which connects you. Mm-hmm. When you, uh, when you were there last year, I think, you know, cause there was, we talked, you and I talked quite a bit beforehand about it and expectations. And you had a lot of, you wanted to make this so special for these guests. And I was like, Scott, it will be just be you and just go out and, and enjoy the experience with them. But I think you learned a little bit in how the hunts, a lot of people don't hunt in groups typically. Right. And so you experiment a little bit, you know, what worked, what didn't, what, what do you anticipate doing this year when you guys are out there hunting? Well, I, with, I anticipate having two groups of four and then Ron would probably hunt with one group and I would hunt with another group. So it'd be five total. Um, and that's, we tried to keep the groups smaller last year for that reason too. One time, there was a big cattail slough, and we tried to hunt it together, and it was, uh, it just got a little disjointed. Yeah. So what we learned is smaller is better, um, and you, we can. There's the opportunity to even go smaller sometimes, but that part may not be on camera, um, sure. because you know every, we're trying to get everybody on, on the show, um, and I think we did a good job with that this year. We don't because it's only 20 minutes of content to get into everybody's backstory is impossible. Um, but we were able to introduce everybody in a kind of, like I said, a geographical kind of way. And, and um, I don't know if we'll do it the same way this way or not. Ron's actually going to write this one. So That'd be cool. Ron's going to write this one. So um, that that was what we learned is a little smaller is better. It's a little more intimate that way. And um, it may limit some of the places you can hunt, but that's okay. Right. You know, it's and not when, about limits all the time. It's not. It's about the dogs, yes. Scott. It's yes. always about That's the right. dogs. Yep. Yes. Um, I. How was I going to go with this? Uh, shoot, I had a great question, but now I, I lost my train of thought. Yes, I'm a very good shot. I'll answer that question for you. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, I forgot where I wanted to go with this next. So now I'm tap dancing. 
Brandon, tap dance for me. There we go. <laughs> Does this work? <laughs> uh, what I, I'll fill in while you gather your thoughts and your thought bubble comes above your head is it? I was worried about that. And so I tried to do some things without disclosing too much for those that may sign up for this that make this really unique. Mm-hmm. That goes beyond the hunt. Um, some memories, keepsakes, things like that that we tried to include tchotchkes to incorporate for people to yeah. to have as part of this you say experience. tchotchkes if somebody doesn't know what tchotchkes is that would be little a gifts. swag yeah gift a little swag and yeah. gifts and things like that yeah <laughs> um, i forgot what i was going to talk about so let's just keep on going anyway uh when they sign up they do sign up through hillsview hunts correct and then everything else is taken care of from, yes and all of all of point. this yeah the, the 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 cost of the hunt and i re- want to reiterate that's for Hillsview and the dog membership. That has nothing to do with Ron Sheriff Productions in the flush. Um, we're just we're there to meet, have fun, and film this, and and um, hopefully carry on this event and this celebration of dogs. Yeah, I want to go just for the life membership for my yeah, dog. Same. I here. mean, that's that's super yeah. cool. Um, so I think it's been said a couple times now. If you want to go, you have to do this now. Eight spots, I anticipate filling up really quick. I think that it will happen. I agree. I got an email because you mentioned it on our last episode. Hey, we're going to be talking about, you know, potential announcement here. And I got an email instantly. Are you guys doing the hang hunt again? How do I sign up? Who's available? You know, so I'm <laughs> guessing there's at least one guy that's going to sign up really quickly when I let him know it's open. Uh, as soon as this podcast goes live... We'll probably it's, tie it into the social media when the podcast we'll, goes live, we'll, too. We'll make a message there, and then first come, first serve. Don't wait. It might be too late. Yep. The flush. So fast, it hardly seems real. So vivid, the moment freezes in time before erupting in a blur of spurs and feathers. It's why we changed the way upland loads are built with Prairie Storm. Exclusive flight control FlexWad technology and a mix of copper-plated lead and flight stopper pellets combine to create dents. Deadly shot strings through any choke. Longer shots, more power, fewer missed birds. Only from Federal. I love my dog, and like you, I always want to make sure that she has what she needs to stay healthy year-round and perform at her best in the field. That's why I feed Daisy Nutrisource high-performance dog food. Nutrisource dog food comes with their good-for-life system that includes four key ingredients that work together to support gut health, heart health, and the overall well-being of our dogs. I have complete confidence that my dog has all of the nutrition to excel in the field and make it through a rigorous hunting season. I've seen it firsthand, and she loves her food. Take it from me and my dog, Daisy. Nutrisource high-performance dog food can help your dog reach their full potential. Find the food that's right for your dog at NutrisourcePetFoods.com. What else do you have going for the rest of your season? Oh, well, I'm trying to plan my hunts, my, my shoots. Yeah. Um, we just worked on one yesterday, the, the three of us. And, and should I share that? I think so, because if you're comfortable talking about this cool new place out in western Minnesota. It, well, I don't it's know what, how cool it, it is. But well, it, I don't know either yet, but it sounds cool. Well, what's cool is I have a spot to um, hang a hat and lay my head at night when we go pheasant hunting out in western Minnesota. And it's in a small little town um, where the people are seem very, very friendly. And I thought, well... The smaller the town, the friendlier the people. Right. And it's got a cafe. 
and a little bar, which is what else do you need? What else do you need? <laughs> yes. And um, so we're we're gonna get the flush entire team out there to do um, an episode on uh, public land in Western Minnesota, not too far from where you're going with George, and um, have all four of us do a show together. We've talked about this for many years. We've never been able to make it work. We thought, well, now that we have a place where we can hang our hat, this wouldn't be that tough to do. So the hardest one to pin down is you and Ron. <laughs> and and I think between your travel schedule for the flush, we ha- we'll look at some windows and, you know, Ron is just, uh, it's, you have to find it between, before it's too cold right. or too warm. It has to be just right. <laughs> he's, he's hilarious. He's the, the excuses, the list that Ron comes up with. You and I have laughed about this for years. It, it goes for hunting and fishing. There's never an end to the list. It's too hot. It's too cold, too windy, not enough wind. Crops are still in, too much water, not enough crops out there. Like, it doesn't matter. But when it's just right. <laughs> when it's just right. It's the best. So we're going to land on a date that just fits all, all of the criteria, criteria yeah. and make it happen. It'll be fun. But I wanted to find out why in the heck did you buy a little a little well, uh, house? It, it in- was not my idea. I, I have... Um, and we've talked, we filmed with some high school friends that have done this from land acquisition standpoint and created a kind of a pheasant camp. And then I've, I've, I just happens at the school I went to, there's quite a few hunters. And, um, one of my friends had been searching for about a year and a half and he's talking about it and said, Hey, Scott, are you interested in partnering with us? I said, you know, not really, not now it's not right for me. And, um, and I didn't know some of the people that they were working with and this, spring he said well it's now you know it's two friends greg hastings scott mickelson who i know very well and and the other guys aren't in it we still want to do it are you interested now well if it's just the two of you yeah and and they were all you know they had been looking for a year and a half and i was just getting involved and and so everything's like but then everything they saw is like gosh this looks great i'm like well i don't know what about this you know and i felt like the the stick in the mud. They were, the the anchor, yeah. they were driving a boat and you're yeah. an anchor back there. But Scott found this uh, place online and it looked perfect. And it's, um, you know, a little house in town. It I think it's only like 1,200 square feet, but it's got an upstairs. So it's got two bedrooms there, one downstairs, a kitchen. That's all you need. Yeah. And, um, and it's got a decent-sized yard, which is a really lucky that the dogs can go out and run around when they're out there and – and we're literally Travis, either direction, north or, north or south, five minutes from public, public hunting land. Five minutes. And there's been many times where I've been out there and left. As I'm going north on uh, near some uh, public hunting land, I've seen broods on the road, hens and roosters on the road. And so it's. You were just, just out there. It's just out there this weekend. And we saw a brood um, up on the road picking gravel. Uh, it, was, it was great. What were the size of the. They were decent size. They could fly, I would say, half of a normal hen size or maybe three, you know, a little more. Okay. Um, Because I've heard reports of anywhere from full-size birds to the chicks that look like they... These were not small. They were, I would, well, I don't know how fast they go, but they were... They were not small chicks. About, like I said, about half of a hen. So what is that, maybe two-thirds of the way there? there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But you're seeing birds. Seeing birds. Yep. Yeah. And they've gotten a decent amount of moisture out there at the right times. They had a lot of moisture early. Then it got dry, but there's always grasshoppers around. 
and always dew on the ground, which makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And then they've gotten some more rain out there over the last, oh, four weeks, and it looks very green and lush. Yeah. Reports are coming in, and over the next few episodes coming up, few weeks, months here, I'm going to have guests on that can help us break down bird numbers, conditions from quail country to pheasant country to sharp tails. We've tried to do that the last couple of years. I think, I think it's good to get an idea of what people are seeing on the ground because somebody in Illinois that's listening to this wants to know what's going on in North Dakota or Montana or Iowa or whatever. So we're going to try to, to get that information. But I think generally, and you might, you, your travels through Montana, Minnesota, Dakotas, it looks good out there. It's green. Yeah, I've never seen Eastern Montana as green as I've seen it. That's this what year. I've I've heard several people say that, and that's that's huge, you know, for what we went through last year. Right, and I've heard a lot of the carryover because of the the winter that wasn't very hard. Yep, even though the drought had impact on the habitat, we were saved by not having a, a harsh winter. harsh winter. So the the hens made it through great. Now there's bugs. Now there's grass and the question is, what kind of a hatch did they have? And was there any loss at, at any point throughout the year? Some people saying that there's really young ones on the ground right now. That may makes me think second or third Second hatch, or third hatch, right. You know, so GBD, but a lot of optimism for this season. <laughs> We're on a couple of text threads, you and I, from some <laughs> guys that have dream properties in the Dakotas, and we constantly get updates from all of the birds out there. It's showing just birds showing habitat. And it's, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. I, I just got to go. I'm leaving starting the first of September, Scott, and you're not going to see me again until January. Well, that's almost true. <laughs> I know. I know. With your I, travel schedule. It is. It's, it's hectic. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited that another season is coming. You're obviously excited. I'm uh, really, the more I've been going out West and traveling and not, and that's, seeing the greenness and, and the anticipation is really building. And you know, the other thing I was going to say, Travis, which could benefit the um, hunters in a weird way is there might be less haying this year because of the drought. Um, because there was a lot of public lands or oh, yeah. things that were emergency, emergency haying. Yep. And that maybe didn't happen this year, which would open up even more parcels for hunters and hopefully hatches and things like that. hundred percent. hundred yeah. percent. Any final thoughts today? No, other than it's going to be a great season. I'm I'm excited to have a year two of a hang cut. Yeah. And for those that are interested, I can't wait to meet you. If you're a repeat, can't wait to see you again. We're going to have a lot of fun, and just adding Ron into the mix is always always makes it that much better. Well, I just and my sister. I just my sister. I just thought of this right now. Your cabin, or or whatever you call it, the shack, the shack. The shack. The shack. Yeah. Hank Hunt number three. Hank Hunt. <laughs> Put that on your shoulders. I don't think there's enough room at the old uh, honey shack for a Hank Hunt three. Well, there's room for Brandon and I to come out there. And that is back on our, our yeah, radar that's, again. That's where we'll do it. I think first first thing we need to do with Brandon is go shoot some more clays. And we'll teach him how to shoot with both teach eyes him, open. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> necessary. Yeah. You yeah. know, they call Tony the Reverend Hunter, not the Reverend Shooter. <laughs> yes, yes. He sent me a message uh with a with a video of Same here, yeah. and I said, "Did he hit anything?" And he said, "More than zero. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's honest. Our current season of Flush episodes airing right now. Uh, we're 
It's Ron's Kansas episode this week. Ron's Kansas episode. Yep. And then I do a three-state road trip through Minnesota, South Dakota, and Iowa. And it wasn't oh. that I wanted to necessarily determine which state was the best state to hunt in. Um, it was more so that I just really enjoy a road trip whenever I have the chance to do it. And this, this gave me an opportunity to kind of jump borders and compare sort of a little bit. Uh, the funny thing is that when you hunt public land, everybody that hunts public land knows this. There's so many factors. Mm -hmm. You show up. We showed up to this spot in South Dakota that was hayed. Oh, oh, yeah. We right. drove quite a ways to get there with some confidence that this would be a good spot. And turned out that a majority of the best habitat was gone. The wind was howling at 40 miles an hour to start, crept up into the 50s. I don't know what it topped out at, but it just, it, it doesn't give a good indication. Like if you had never hunted in South Dakota before and you, and you went there because everyone says, wow, the pheasant capital of the world, you would have been like, what? What? Where are they? <laughs> what? This is something, you know, like it's so. But it's but also reality. It's, I was going to say, well, it's also hard when you're doing what you're doing because you don't have time to scout. You, you're you're pre-planning your hunts for the next yeah. day and you're going there and you're like, oh, crap. I I still need to get a show in the can. So if yeah. this one's burnt, you know, hayed, what's the next one? And and, mm -hmm. and that you lose that element of, of kind of trying to figure things out, which is the fun part about hunting public land. It is, but the reality when we're filming is that it, it is what it is. Right. And I think when people come to the hank hunt and realize that there's nothing scripted, that they're, they'll be going on a hunt, we're going to capture what happens there, and we'll air what happens, what the reality of it, the good, the bad, the, and even the, hilari jokes. the hilarious. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, yeah, I think people, I hope they they enjoy watching kind of a, a real raw adventure and on really unscripted. We did hunt with a couple different people. Um, Tim Brown, the bearded uplander on social media, uh, who's down in Iowa, loves birds as yeah. much as anyone I've ever met. And dogs. And dogs, yes. And so uh, hunted with him, hunted with uh, Chris Nemitz and a couple of his buddies in Minnesota. And it's funny because we went to some different properties and it's like, oh, I've hunted. I actually hunted this one, but not this one. And... You know, the birds at time of the year, they all had their, their sneakers with the pumps on them. They were pumped up, and they were just... <laughs> they were running. They were sprinters. They're, yes, they had been hunted hard, and it showed. Um, but that's the reality out there. And, you know, I I had my sight. I didn't realize it till after the fourth miss. The sight on my gun actually. Oh, it's the sight that yes, was the I know. issue. Here's my excuse. Oh, yes. okay. If Tim's listening right now. He's laughing. Tim is he's, he he's bent over to, laughing yes, right now. For sure. And he would uh, he'll deny it to anyone who asks, but he knows that he saw that sight about a quarter <laughs> inch hanging off the side of my barrel. I'm going to do that on the hand con so don't, then I have some excuses. Oh, yes, exactly. So it was it was a, a great adventure. Then we have. Uh, the Montana hunt, I'm sorry, the North Dakota hunt that we auctioned off with Pheasants Forever last year. We hunted, um, was it three or four days in North Dakota? West side, right? West side, yep. yeah. And then we hunted with some different PF reps, and it was, I, I, I don't want to spoil everything, so I'll just say it's worth watching because there's some characters that show up in that one. Then we go to Florida. To hunt snipe, snipe. <laughs> which I, 
I haven't watched that yet. I haven't either. I I'm excited to see that. Bill's snipe hunt it really happened. And then we closed the season in Arizona on an oh. upland slam with our buddy Tyler Webster, who is up in Alaska as we speak, Grinding licking his wounds, <laughs> making me nervous, and I'm not going to tell our cameraman anything about his adventure so I don't scare him. Yeah, you better you better get to the club and start getting in shape, Travis, I gotta right go. now. I got no more time. That's it. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Flush Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>